This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The attack was totally uh, unprecedented and improvised. It's a kind of uh, vandalism. This is what they did, it's a vandalism. It is a senseless, I, I call it, it's a senseless disturbance. Some reaction to a pretty ugly display of violence over the weekend that broke out over this Eritrean festival where we saw a number of protesters clashing with organizers and accusing them of being uh, linked directly to the Eritrean government. And this is a particularly vicious authoritarian regime known for a very, very um, iron-fisted rule and also having one of the worst, if not the worst, human rights records in the world. And so the protesters accuse festival organizers of being loyal to the regime and having these festivals to raise money to support the government's military growth. So they see it as a you know propaganda and a direct threat to their safety. But... You know, these, I guess, clashes have been seen taking place around the world. There was a clash in Sweden where you've got these diaspora communities uh, and there's obviously fractions within. But there were a couple of different clashes uh, in Toronto this week. There was the one that started at Earl's um, Court Park. We had nine injured. One man said to be stabbed quite severely. And then it spilled into the streets, lasted all day long into the night along St. Clair. And then, of course, there was the second protest at the Sheridan Hotel Sunday morning, both of them requiring uh, hundreds of police to respond to it. And now the city of Toronto has canceled the permit moving forward. So what is at the root of this? Let's talk to someone who would know. Dr. Awet Weldemichael is a professor over at Queen's University and an expert, expert on the Horn of Africa, also a man of Eritrean descent. Thanks so much, doctor, for joining us. Thank you for having me, Alex. This is a, a particular area of the world that I don't think that a lot of people, including myself, um, know much about, other than a lot of people uh, have escaped from there to go on to a, a safer life, many of them coming here. When did these kinds of tensions uh, start between these festival organizers and, and, and those living in the diaspora community? Uh, to, to, give you, to give you a background, or to give your audience, rather, a background to this, Eritrea is a country that separated from Ethiopia in 1991, after 30 years of brutal war in which the Eritrean people fought heroically to, to liberate themselves and they gained independence, formal independence in 1993. Unfortunately, since then, the, there has not been any move toward democratizing governance or liberalizing the economy or guaranteeing peace to the people. Since 1998, the country has been in a state of war and uh, as a result, the 18-month national service, which included six months of military training, turned into indefinite military construction. Um, the economy uh, decayed as a result. Uh, there is no alternative uh, media. Uh, there, are no there is no political life in the country, and human rights violations have been going on with impunity. Uh, Eritreans, young and old, started fleeing the country in droves, and they did so at grave risk to themselves as they crossed the border. And when they entered the, the transit countries, in, in, be it in Africa or uh, further away, uh, they endured unimaginable uh, hardship uh, and, and neglect. 
when they arrived in North America and Europe, um, they felt they arrived to safety, but they had to contend with the, the, their, their tormentors from back home holding festivities and, and uh, continuing to propagate their, their political uh, messaging and, and raise funds uh, where these victims uh, felt they found refuge, they found safety. And so they feel, many of them feel that they, they, are, re, they are being re-traumatized by these things. And them and other opponents of the regime have repeatedly appealing and, and, and protesting these festivals that are organized by the Eritrean ruling party and, and government. Um, eventually, these uh, uh, constant appeals were unheard uh, Demonstra- peaceful demonstrations against them uh, led to no result, culminating in the present uh, uh, violence that we've seen, in which um, the violence now has several levels. The former protesters or the former victims are no longer peacefully protesting. They are coming to dismantle uh, uh, the infrastructures of the festivities and disrupt them altogether. And right. that in and of itself is a violent act. And the, the festival goers are, are also compelled to respond uh, in the same fashion. So downward, the spiral of violence. Right. And, and so I think most people on the outside looking in would see a festival like this and say, OK, this is just one of the many, many festivals that we see in Toronto. You know, diversity is our strength. But at the root of this. Um, you know, are, are, is that this is a political um, gathering. Is it accurate to say that this is political? This particular festival, it, it 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 is it is, and that's the point the bone of contention here. Uh, it's not it's not that uh, that there are no cultural aspects to it. There are social aspects to it. There are kids soccer games. There are barbecues and social events around it. But the centerpiece of the whole thing is not only political, but it's also organized by the ruling right. party in Eritrea, and that is the issue here. Um, and 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 Eritreans whether they oppose the, the government back home or, or support it, have the right to celebrate their culture, have the right to get together, um, but they have to do it in such a way that it respects the rule of law of the host country. And, and as Eritrean Canadians right now, both the opponents and the supporters of the regime back home has to recognize that we are in Canada, a land of rule of law, and we have to do what we seek to achieve uh, through within the parameters of the Canadian legal system, resorting to violence has not or will not uh, lead help anybody's cause. Um, yet here we are. Well, here we are, and, and uh, I mean, I don't know how many of these are held. I would assume that there will be more events, maybe not as a festival. But where does it go if if they can't, um, you know, uh, you know, calm things down? Because it was a pretty vicious. Um, you know, especially on the Saturday, it got very vicious. I mean, there's a man clinging to life right now. And so this was more than just uh, protesters yelling and screaming. They, they, many of them were armed. You're absolutely right. That's what makes this uh, round of festivals and protests tragic because the, the violence has gone beyond words, beyond uh, fists into style and, and God knows what's going to happen next. And so what is needed, what is needed for all sides to, rec- to recognize that um, this is not the battlefield for, for their human rights. This is not the battlefield for keeping the regime in power. This is Canada. We have to live by the rule of law in Canada. 
and and our Canadian neighbors also deserve to live in peace. And so recognizing that, we have to come to the table as a single community of a shared heritage that we have a lot in common as Eritrean Canadians, a lot that bring us together than divide us. We have a lot of opportunities, shared opportunities and shared challenges as a diaspora community. We can come together around these issues and amicably resolve whatever outstanding or sticking points that remain. One of them is that if an individual Eritrean wants to support any kind of political system back home, that is their prerogative. But when they do it out on your face and gaslighting former victims, you cannot expect the victims to, to, to be silent either. So yeah, the, let me just step in because I'm going to run out of time. Because of I- violence is- Sorry, I've got a, a delay on this as well. I just want to jump in and, and ask because it's not it's not new. I mean, there are other countries where you'll get people that w- are still loyal to the regime. You know, f- lots of different countries have also terrible regimes and you'll still have loyalists. So it's not it's not the only community it's happening to. And I do think most Canadians go into these things, um, you know, on good faith, thinking that it's it's all a good thing. But but they're not all the same. And so I'm not sure how you make sure that these things don't happen without quashing things like freedom of expression and freedom of, of um, you know, speech and those kinds of things. That's, that's the challenge of policymakers. That's the challenge of Ottawa yeah. as well as, as, well as uh, the province of, of Ontario. Uh, but mind you, as, as you correctly pointed out earlier, the, the Canadian government, the federal Canadian government, recognized that Eritrea is one of the worst human rights violators, which is why it has been granting protection to, to the refugees who fled the regime. Yet, that same regime is allowed to hold these festivities to spread its word and and raise funds and do whatever it is that it does. And so um, Ottawa needs to make up its mind, but it has to do so without infringing on the rights of Eritrean Canadians to celebrate their culture, to be together and and have festivities. So it's it's a tricky balance to find, but it's not an impossible one. Yeah, no question about it. I don't know who will touch this one because, uh, you know, it takes some leadership, but no question. They've, I think they've got to do something because I don't see these tensions uh, getting any, um, you know, looser at, at this point, given what we have seen. Doctor, I very much appreciate. Go ahead. You have a, a point you want to make? No, no there, are, there are. There are. We have a lot of wise men and women. We have young and old um, uh, leaders in the community on both sides who uh, listen to the voices of reason. And I don't expect outsiders to come to resolve this problem for our community. Our community has to come together, has to come to its senses. There are a lot of uh, people that I know in Toronto right now who are speaking to both sides to calm down the situation and find a sustainable solution, taking into consideration that we are a single community, shared heritage, shared future as Canadian Eritreans. I appreciate you breaking it down. It's a complex issue, uh, no question about it, but um, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, thank you. I appreciate your time on it. Absolutely. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. There you go. That is uh, Dr. Awet Michael, who's over at Queen University. And uh, yeah, tricky part of, uh, of the world, no question of the politics, but uh, just because on the surface you think you're going to something that's great. Um, does not mean that there are those who very much disagree with the cause of the day that you might support. It'd be interesting to see uh, if or how the government would deal with it, but I don't think they will.